0: from KQED. Bay Curious listener Linda Au regularly walks a two-mile section of trail near her home in Concord called Iron Horse. Then one day for work, she took a bus
1: to Pleasanton. I looked around and I saw the sign for Iron Horse Trail in Pleasanton. I was shocked. I didn't know that it went all the way down there. And um, that was when my interest was peaked.
0: Linda was surprised to discover that the trail she thought was just a few miles long actually runs more than 30 miles through the San Ramon Valley. The discovery also reminded her of something she'd seen as a kid. She grew up in Walnut Creek, and
1: there was this building that looked like an old train station. And it was a steak restaurant for a while, and now it's vacant. And um, I grew up, you know, passing by, looking at it, thinking, oh, what a cool building and then kind of sad that it wasn't used as a train station anymore and curious about that. Linda is a bit
0: of a train aficionado, and once she realized there was a connection between the Iron Horse Trail she likes to walk and that old train depot she grew up near, she started wondering.
1: When did actual trains run? Did they carry passengers? Where were the train stations located? Was the historic Walnut Creek Station one of them?
0: Linda's question won our January voting round at baycurious.org. So this week, we'll take a look back at locomotive history in the San Ramon Valley and how this once bustling train corridor became a lovely trail. I'm Olivia Allen Price, and this is Bay Curious, the show that explores the Bay Area one question at a time. We'll be right back.
2: Support for Bay Curious comes from Sierra Nevada Brewing Company. Founded in 1980, it's still family-owned, operated, and argued over. And still the pale ale that sparked a craft beer revolution. Sierra Nevada, still the one. And be sure to stay tuned through the end of the show so you can play our monthly trivia game for a chance to win some cool prizes. Hi, I'm Tyler Foggett.
0: We sent reporter Amy Mayer to find out the history of this train line turned regional trail. Red
3: Wing Blackbirds sit on a bridge near where the Iron Horse Regional Trail begins in Concord and where our question asker, Linda, regularly takes walks. At lunchtime on this weekday, trail use is sporadic. Pairs of friends walking, the occasional cyclist... Stephanie Machi Harris sits on a bench holding a to-go cup. She says she's been coming here almost every day for the past year. It's just beautiful out here. It's, uh, it's peaceful. It's a uh, breath of fresh air. It uh,
1: has beautiful wild nature.
3: After this winter's rains, the grasses are tall, almost blocking the view of the actual Walnut Creek, the body of water the town farther south is named for. It's flowing now after a wet winter brought its dry bed back to life. The paved trail runs beside a local airport. On this clear day, I can see the mountains in the distance. I want to learn more about this 30-mile trail, so I head down to Danville, where there's an old train depot, similar to the one our question-asker, Linda, has seen. That's where I meet historian Beverly Lane. Hello. Hi, are you Amy? Are you Beverly? Yes.
4: (laughs) Nice to meet you. I said, well, now, who else would be out there with a... (laughs) Microfilm.
3: <laughs> Beverly is the curator of the Museum of the San Ramon Valley, which is housed in the historic train depot. She also served many years on the board of the East Bay Regional Park District after helping to get the old train route converted to a multi-use trail. The origin of Iron Horse goes back to just after the Transcontinental Railroad was completed in 1869. It was a huge win for the state. Now you could get from California to Chicago and New York by train, replacing long and arduous cross-country travel by horse and wagon. But there were still challenges, like getting to where the Transcontinental Railroad picked up. Wagon roads were rutted, and in winter could be so wet and muddy they were useless. So branch lines began to expand all around the Bay Area. Early residents of Danville, Concord, and Alamo started lobbying for the Southern Pacific Railroad to add a branch line through the San Ramon Valley, but the company was reluctant.
4: They weren't really eager to do a branch line. Uh, they didn't see that it would be a, a big maker. And so they said they wouldn't pay for the right-of-way.
3: In railroad terms, the right-of-way is the land the tracks would be placed on, plus a buffer on either side, which the railroad company would need to own. But much of where they planned to build was on private land at the time.
4: You know, people had to deed the right-of-way to them, and there were some people who uh, didn't see why they should be giving land that would go through their ranch when others were going to take advantage of it, and they didn't
3: lose land to the railroad. Deep-pocketed supporters raised $15,000 to buy rights from the reluctant landowners, about a half million dollars in today's money. The rest of the needed land was donated, and the trains came. Trains
4: uh, ran actively on the San Ramon branch line, beginning in 1891. When the train first started, there was lots of enthusiasm, and it carried passengers and freight. It carried cattle, products from the agricultural valley. People came on excursions. So it was an all-purpose Southern Pacific steam railroad.
3: Having a train line changed the communities, especially where the tracks ran close to downtown, as in Danville.
4: Danville had its first subdivision the
3: month after the train came through. A major landowner carved up his property so the town could expand to fill the one long block from downtown to the train depot.
4: And so it made Danville the major city in the
3: valley. 20 years after the rail line opened, the population of Contra Costa County had more than doubled. Growth was happening all around, of course, but the trains certainly contributed. It made year-round travel reliable. Farmers shifted from growing grain, which could be stored for a long time, to more perishable things, like cherries and pears, because shipping was so much faster. Warehouses presented new business ventures. And with people traveling more, hotels and other amenities helped small towns grow. One innovative farmer built a ramp up to a platform above the tracks. That way, he could drive his horse and wagon up above the train line and dump his beet harvest directly into an open-topped rail car below. But the rapid rise of cars and trucks spelled doom for the line. Regular passenger service ended in the 1930s. Service did pick up during World War II, when trains ferried soldiers through the valley. But after the war, Southern Pacific's use of the tracks diminished further. And when I moved here in the early
4: 70s, they ran a train once a week just to assert their ability to run a train. And you would be driving somewhere and all of a sudden there's a train um, because it didn't come that often.
3: Eventually, Southern Pacific ended service altogether. In the 1970s, little-used train tracks were being decommissioned all over the country. This often prompted residents to look at the straight, clear corridors, generally filled with weeds and abandoned tracks, differently. Beverly says for years, people had been hiking and riding horses and even running along the tracks while trains were infrequent.
4: There was one school of thought that wanted to see some version of a light rail come down the right-of-way.
3: She says various county and other agencies conducted studies of different land-use options.
4: Then the other school thought was not to have rail uh, continue and to have a trail.
3: The National Rails to Trails movement was gaining momentum at the time. Since the early 1980s, across the country, some 24,000 miles of trails have replaced train tracks on existing rights-of-way, including more than 1,000 miles in California. Beverly and a group of trail supporters asked the East Bay Regional Park District about converting the San Ramon branch line into a multi-use trail. They were surprised to learn the agency, which serves Alameda and Contra Costa counties, had that project on its radar, though it wasn't top of the priority list.
4: But it made a big difference if there was a public group that was advocating for it, which indeed was the case.
3: Contra Costa County was able to buy the right-of-way from Southern Pacific, and that preserved the space for public use.
4: In stops and starts, that's how the Iron Horse Regional Trail came about.
3: The name Iron Horse is a nod to the trains that once ran here. Beverly tells me about the trail's history in the original two-story Danville Train Depot building. Painted tan with dark brown trim, it has tons of windows to maximize natural light. The depots in Concord, San Ramon, Pleasanton, and Walnut Creek all had the same design, but only the last of those is still around today. This building in Danville is now a regional history museum with exhibit space and a little shop, but remnants of the train station linger. So so this was the waiting room, and you would come and get tickets in this uh, window. Some of the depot's original sliding doors are still functional.
4: They come apart like this and slide.
3: They were on both sides of the building and allowed for easy transfer of loads between the street side and the tracks. On the way through the building, there's a scale built into the floor where goods could be weighed. And this is the scale
4: that was here in 1891. Sometimes we have weighed Cub Scout
3: groups (laughs) (laughs) here. Beverly says not many depots still have their original scales because they're highly desirable as antiques. She's careful to point out this is a regional history museum and not a train museum. But during a renovation, they acquired a caboose. And turned the caboose
4: into a public restroom. Uh, In addition, we have an exhibit in there.
3: Did you ever go in there? No, I, I didn't know. We take a few steps from the museum to the caboose. In the middle is a life-size diorama of railroad workers in the early 20th century, complete with two very lifelike mannequins sporting overalls and bandanas. Well, we,
4: we got a grant at some point to restore it, and the committee decided they needed to have some railroad guys here. Two of our volunteers, they sent their face in for the mannequins, and so that's Mike, and this is Bob. And they do look a little like them.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Beverly is happy to direct true railroad enthusiasts to dedicated museums in Fremont and Sacramento. Today, the San Ramon Valley is a booming set of suburbs. People running and biking on the Iron Horse Regional Trail probably don't imagine the rumble and rattle of the train in this bucolic setting. But there's no denying the impact of the San Ramon branch line.
0: Thanks to reporter Amy Mayer for bringing us this story and Linda Al for asking the question.
1: Bay Curious is made in San Francisco at member-supported KQED. The show is produced by Amanda Font, Brendan Willard, Christopher Beale, and Olivia Allen Price.
0: had an absolute blast meeting so many of you on the bay curious book tour over the past few weeks we've got one more event on the calendar before things quiet down for most of the summer this saturday june 10th i'll be at the berkeley public library north branch at 2 p.m come for a fun conversation bay area trivia audience q a and book signing the event is free and open to everyone get all the details at kqed.org bay curious book Hope to see you there. We're about halfway to our goal of 300 responses to our audience survey. Can you help us cross the finish line? It only takes about six minutes, and your responses will guide the future of Bay Curious. Find the survey at kqed.org slash baycurioussurvey. Thanks. Be sure to stick around for our podcast trivia, and I hope you have a great week.
2: Hi, Bay Curious listeners. Are you ready to play March's Trivia Game? Every month, we'll read a question here at the end of our episode. You can give us your answers over at our website, kqed.org slash baycurious, or just click the link in the episode description. Out of the correct answers, we'll randomly choose one lucky winner to receive a sweet prize package with Bay Curious swag and Sierra Nevada goodies. Okay, our question for the month is... This Bay Area high school holds the longest winning streak in high school football. They won 151 games in a row between 1992 and 2004. What is the name of the school? Our trivia quiz is made possible by Sierra Nevada Brewing Company. Good luck. A young correctional officer. He said it was the most dangerous prison in California. Forced to make a choice, fulfill his oath